In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by disgruntled college football recruiters everywhere. Welcome in to episode 85 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. <laughs> I get that. I am Chase Captain Crunchy Thompson. And I am, I guess we're just going to have to go with a new nickname, Narco Nick. Narco Nick. Chase, Who claims to have never smoked marijuana before. Claims. Claims. I'm making quotations. But the way he's been coughing fingers. today. Yeah. Would Sounds lead like me to think. lung to me. Yeah. Are, are you going to do anything about that cough? You've had it all the way into next week's episode. I know. It's becoming <laughs> weird how that's It's working. becoming <laughs> evident. We apparently have a TARDIS. Um, Samuel yes. Lovell stopped by and we have hijacked his. Does Samuel Lovell. Tarjack? I guess. Yeah, I don't even listen. I don't even listen to Doctor Who, and I thought that was funny. Tarjack. You, you don't listen to Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't listen to it. I don't there watch were some it. radio episodes of it. Don't hate. Uh, okay. Thank yeah, you. Just true. I don't listen or watch or read or anything else that has to do with Doctor Who. You should. It's a good show. You cannot make me, Sam. I am. <coughs> does Does uh, Samuel Lovell still listen to our show? I hope so. Have y'all noticed that we don't? I feel like we don't hear from some of those early listeners as much like somehow they got tired of us or they we drove them away or something oh, well, I, I would bring up a few but the last time i tried to do that in next week's episode chase got all awkward didn't stop talking so <laughs> i don't probably probably best we just skip skip what happened on next week's episode okay well let's not talk about it then yeah because that'll just mess people up hey do you know why uh 85 brought by disgruntled, you said you got it. Disgruntled college football yeah. recruiters. Yes, I do. That is Very the uh, limit of scholarship athletes you could have That's on correct. your college football team. Which, by the way, is credited to uh, uh, your school's old coach, Bear Bryant. He was a good man. They you say not that, disparage him. They say, well, you know, it's it was kind of well known that he would just recruit players that he'd never had any intention to play, just so other teams couldn't get them. So some people have credited that with that. Helping usher in some of the scholarship limits. That's a good like strategy. That. How you guys think uh, tomorrow night? Clemson and Alabama for the well, we gotta talk about national championship. Uh, most of the Alabama fans that I've read are already claiming number sixteen. What do you guys think? I'm a little surprised. Look, you were reading the Paul talk about it on Feinbaum show fan. Oh, whatever. Actually, if you mean by Paul Feinbaum, the John Talley. Facebook page, then yes. I have a couple of suspects of who I think his alias is on there. But. I also saw the uh, AL.com article. It was the, the hype video, Road to 16. So, anyway, how, how do you guys see the game going? You want to do some quick predictions, real quick? You want to do some quick predictions, real quick? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's redundant, like Genesis. Uh, the the, the um, passages on Nimrod. Nimrod, yeah. That I, was difficult to read through. I'm like, that wait, was hilarious. Did we, what? <laughs> That's good stuff. Speaking right. of time travel, I'm going to say, uh, well, how about we go 34 17 Alabama? That's Ooh, my prediction. 34 17. Nicholas, over to you. 
Although I, I, I grant it's very possible Clemson could beat Alabama. I just think it's, I think Alabama's going to win thirty four seventeen. I actually I don't have a thirty one. Uh, you know, thirty four somewhere. I think Bama can get to thirties, and I think we keep them in the twenties. Um, that would work out well. They score. Yeah, if y'all can get to the end of the game with more points, I think y'all get that little trophy thing. That's a sound <laughs> little strategy right thing. there. That little I think they deal. score a couple of touchdowns yeah. and and probably get two field goals. That's why I'm giving them into 20. That sounds about right. Um, but I, I, I do think after a few series, Alabama's defense can adjust to them. Mm. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go in old school – like Iron Bowl 2014. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go high scoring. I'm going to go. You think so? 42 41 Clemson. Mm. Okay. And be, I'm only doing that because that's, that's kind of hopeful. I understand. You're not rooting for the. Everybody's tie. expecting it to be yeah, Alabama to shut them down. I'm just, I'm thinking maybe this is going to be an offensive game. We'll see. See, I'm actually, if it becomes an offensive Iron Bowl 2014, I'm, I'm more nervous um, because I. Blake Sims was more electric with his feet. Coker, Coker's not as electric with his feet as Sims was. Yeah. So, hmm. Of course, Relax. Coker's got the arm, to, but they have a better set. Anyway. You know, John Gruden's uh, <laughs> a better what? They Clemson has a better secondary than Michigan okay. State. You, you should probably finish your sentences out. Sorry. Okay. John Gruden's assessment of uh, our quarterback, Coker, is that he has a strong arm, live arm, Good toughness, good size, lacks electric feet. So uh, you and Gruden have both identified that about him. See, here's the thing is. Can't last... coach electric feet. <laughs> There's something there. Anyway. All right, guys, we got some callers standing by. Vince from Tuscaloosa. Hey, Vince. Thanks for listening. What's up, man? Paul. Hey, man. I just want to say Row Tide. I think it's going to be 67 to nothing, Bama. <laughs> And I think it'd be fair if we just go ahead and get the next year's national championship at the same time we get this one so we don't have to go through all the trouble of actually playing the games next year. All right. Thanks for the call, Vince. Uh, I would just like to say I agree with you, and I think it's going to happen the way you think it is. All right. Go we're going to move to uh, Nathan from Ohio. Nathan, welcome in. Hey, guys. Bama. All right, Nathan, I agree. Hey, can Eagle. you say the S word on, on a Christian podcast? I just did. A lot of people are offended by that word. Hey, let's do some real listener feedback before we get to the meat of the show tonight. Real listener feedback. You want to tease You want to tease the show a little bit? I don't tease. That's not very manly. <laughs> yeah, Nick teases. Nick, um, <laughs> what, what are you going to talk about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I've got... Oh... Look, look at him over there giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> yes. What's up with that? I, All right, while Nick composes himself. Usually you don't catch me that far off guard, and I, I just, that one, that one caught me. If he didn't already have a nickname, you know, Nick the Tease, Teasing Nick, something like that. While we're waiting on Nick yeah, to compose himself, better. this is the Gospel Friends, episode yep. number 85. You can... Uh, View past episodes, not view them, but listen to them. Be cool if you could view them. But anyway, past episodes, thegospelfriends.com. You can uh, contact us, email thegospelfriends at gmail.com. But probably most importantly for us, if you just want to kind of uh, hang out with some of the listeners and um, you know, kind of go behind the scenes a little bit to the show. And also, you know, good discussions, uh, funny things like maybe cereal that has been changed Yep. Like to a new color. We talked about that this week in the Hall of Dogma. We talk about that. We talk about Nick's uh, quitting smoking tips. 
Uh, it doesn't sound that's like true. it's going very well for him wow. this week, though. He's he's coughing like a but then like deep, a chimney. Deep theology, like Emmanuel Marsh, one of the contributors to the Gospel Friends in the Hall of Dogma, he posted a he asked some questions on there this week, a bunch of words that I didn't understand, so I skipped over that post. But it looked like, like it was idea. probably deep and theological. So anyway, you can get there hallofdogma.com. That's our Facebook group. Uh, it is a private group, but if you will ask to be let in, more than likely we will let you. So, Nick, what are we going to be talking about tonight from that you're bringing to the table? Um, so it got cut from next week's show, so we decided to um, put it in this week's show. But how do we do that? How do we how do we cut things from shows we haven't done yet? We covered this already. Okay, we hijacked a TARDIS right. and Tarjack. time traveling. Okay. Tarjack. There you go. Um, so we're going to cut this from next week's show and do it this week. Right. That sounds good. Uh, you know, there was a subtlety to be al- just allowed to okay. just live well, there. That you we just, just going to freak people out, man. Okay. Thanks, David. Thanks. Hey, that that guy I follow in Hong Kong on Periscope is periscoping right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, oh, hey, we, we need to edit point there so you can you check him out. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so this is actually a article. It's it's actually from 2013, um, but I saw it posted. Ah, uh, keeping it relevant. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Are the, you done? The other article. You talking about the Heidelblog article? Yes. Yeah, it's actually 2013. That's a bummer. That's what there. he just said. I thought you said 2014. No, he said 2013. <laughs> it's time to clean the old ears out. Y'all give me a sec. Hey, by the way, I want to. I got an article too. AOL is apparently launching something called the Internet. <laughs> I got one of those square discs in the mail. I thought about trying it. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Are pretty you, good. Please tell me you're joking. Yes, oh, we're joking. God. We're we're making jokes oh, look, about bringing no, no. really old <laughs> material <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> For the record, I guarantee you, somewhere in rural America, people are still getting little discs like that. Okay, probably so. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. If oh, you're in the Hall of Dogma and you got some discs like that, we'd like to hear from you. Anywho, what are you talking about tonight? Something. We- All right, somebody laugh and say something. <laughs> Hey Nick, it, it, we're never. This is why we have to cut your topics because it takes you so long to intro them that we never actually are able to. You yeah. realize what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we need medicine. Um, so, a post from somewhere in the past on a website that um, I'm sure I'm not going to get to say again was um, posted on Facebook this week and. You know, I saw it after um, the back and forth over the last few weeks about Piper's stance on guns versus James White and um, Vadi Bakum holding assault rif- rifles, and and I've just begun to see so much splitting on two sides of an issue, and and Christians starting to throw verbal grenades back and forth at one another, and it's and it's no longer discourse, it's no longer debate. It has become a war of words about non-trivial, non-gospel issues, and and so I just I kind of wanted to discuss that. And you mean trivial, non-gospel issues? What did I say? You said non-trivial, non-gospel issues. I apologize. Thank oh. you for correcting me, Rev Verbage. Um, well, that is why yeah. we keep you around. Yep. I'm just glad he's paying attention for once. <laughs> no kidding. Um, uh, well, fantasy football's over, and he's not having to um, try and. Manages uh, overtake well or overtake a um, Hall of Dogma Church uh, members team. I'll tell you something. How'd that work out for you, David? I'm gonna tell you something. You gonna you gonna fire her up? <laughs> I am not responsible for what my wife may do to you when she hears that comment. 
But no, the the team that you did try she worked, to she worked um, hard on that team. Harangue from a, a church member. Um, I was just messing with you, Royal. Rats. Did that did that theft work well for you? Are you talking about the where I took over the guys' team in the yep. church league? Yeah. Uh, and now, look, I didn't have much to work with. If I could have worked with that team the whole season, it'd been fine. But just take it over the last couple of weeks. That was a pretty good team. It's interesting. It, was it, it wasn't. Good it wasn't good team last week. They tanked. Every one of them. Well, they did not. It didn't go well. But I'm okay with that for some odd reason. Oh, because um, you won. That's correct. We did congratulate Kristen Brown, right, for winning the TGF. We did. You're supposed to be going to Atlanta to Give hug him on t-shirt. him. I don't, I, don't, I don't hug. I don't do a lot of hugging. So, yes, Christians. Um, right, sounds words good. of words rather than debates. Okay. Uh, and then, Chase, you're going to bring something to the table too, right? Why don't you tell everybody about that? Um, I'm going to talk about <laughs> – Hey, what's wrong with your mic, man? I don't know. When it gets knocked around by you, it tends to go wobbly, wibbly wobbly. Um, We're going to talk about what the most important spiritual discipline is. Uh, This week, uh, Donald Whitney was on a podcast I was listening to. What was the name of the podcast? Ask Pastor John. Yeah, the the Quiz Pastor John podcast. Um, He was talking about what's the most important spiritual discipline. He made the case that it was Bible intake. And so we're going to kind of kick that around. Uh, Could it be? Kick the Bible around? Uh, No, the the concept of the Bible being the most um, important of the spiritual disciplines. Okay. Sounds good, guys. I'm not going to bring anything to the table tonight, just out of reverence to the two of you. I think you guys should have a little airtime. Shock the world. But hey, let's do some uh, let's do some listener feedback. So um, I, from the Twitter at my gospel friends, which is a firestorm. Thanks to Mister Chase Thompson and his um, twittery ways. Uh, we we heard from a couple of people on the <laughs> on the. Twitter. I've gotten in trouble with Twitter for uh, tweeting too much per hour, so yeah. I'd scale it back a little scale bit. Scale it back. Hey, uh, a non-church member shouted this out this week and really appreciated that. Says, uh, guys, the Gospel Friends podcast is awesome. This week, please listen to it. They might be a man down, but the knowledge is real. That who, was a shout who out. Who was missing? Uh, mm. I guess they're talking about Emmanuel. Oh, okay. Emmanuel wasn't here. I thought that might have been when Nick was convalescing. Oh, uh, elevator music. He was here. Oh, oh okay. Right, cool. <laughs> All right, Every so, time you mention a non-church member, what I always hear you saying uh, that you're talking about a a person who is not a church member, a a non-church member. What you're really saying is it's short for anonymous church member, right? That's what I said. A non-church member. Yeah, but it sounds like you know, maybe look. I don't know what your problem is. It's the same thing when we when I ever I bring up ask Pastor John, you always wow. <laughs> you, I think we should call it Quiz Pastor John from here okay. on in. You That's always you have a problem with your ears hearing what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. Let me tell you who I'm not going to shout out this week, and that's uh, old Gene Gosworth. What, the, what has Gene done this time? Well, I, I, he, he kind of insulted us. So so apparently um, old Funky Stickman uh, Jeff uh, has uh, went out and started him a little uh, little podcast. Oh, hey, shout yeah. out to Jeff. So uh, Funky Stick Man and Johnny Howe uh, on on the Twitter starting a uh, podcast called ADD Masterminds. You two, <laughs> nice. you two girls would be good on that one. Thanks, David. But anyway, they, they – um, sure. So Gene, Gene comments and says, uh, um, hey, uh, you guys need to get on this podcast. Uh, I need something fresh. The Gospel Friends are running a little dry. Oh. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, How about some shots fired from Gene? How about that? And where, then where does he live? And then and Jeff wow. tried, Jeff tried to take up for us. He said, uh, "Hey, I, I don't know if our show will be comparable. More rambling, maybe less pastory." Mm. And Gene's comment: How do you get less pastory than zero? Wow! Wow! Yeah. Tune in next week when you, well, you won't hear from Gene. Oh, ouch! I was more trying to say that next week maybe. Pastoring, David. Uh, look, I'll, oh, there's some pastoring discussion next. Gene, time. you want some pastoring, man? We'll give you some pastoring. Put some hair on your chest. <laughs> is, that, is that a threat? Wait till episode eighty-six. Six. I have a go. feeling it's going to be real pastory. We so, may even bring in some pastors to help us. Uh, Hard hitting. Sweet. You guys think of somebody we could get? Um, I have an idea. Okay. Church planner. I think church planners would be good. All right. Sounds good. Hey, we have a voicemail. All, all kidding, Gene. I, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, all kidding aside, I'm sure you were just joking. You can just send us like an apology tweet and we'll, it'll all be good. That would, that would help. Hey, uh, we have a voicemail. Yeah. Are you done? So, yeah. So last, okay. last week we, um, we got into a discussion about one of the listeners, John, uh, Lorbacher and whether, you know, what he does for a living. Cause he's, he's kind of an, anti-gluten-free guy like he doesn't not a big fan of the whole gluten-free movement and i couldn't remember why so i asked him to call in and let us know so here's his response voicemail i I love how google voice interprets people's voicemails by the way it's always funny um it it more seems like it's john and laura baker Hmm. um alas here we go Hey guys, it's John Lorbacher from the great state of North Carolina. I'm just calling for a quick uh, clarification. Um, Just to let you know, I'm a baker by trade, so uh, gluten is a big deal for me. Uh, I bake for a bakery that uh, services restaurants and grocery stores and that kind of thing. And so uh, baking gluten-free bread sucks. So I use a lot of it. So there's your clarification. Uh, Thank you for what you guys do with this podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, hopefully, uh, Narco Nick is feeling better next week. Thanks. And uh, God bless. Have a great day. See, he that's cares. Great. He hey, cares are you going to? You. you don't sound like you're feeling better. Wow. Thanks, Jason. Well, I mean, I don't sound like I'm feeling that great either. Voice of encouragement. Hey, next uh, week, next time we record, you're going to be the same. Nanny nine one one. Are you going to jump on 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 John there for uh, the use of the S word? You did me. Um. Did you notice he used it? Were you paying attention? Yeah. What uh, did he say? He said that bread baked without gluten stinks. Okay. That's what I heard mm. him say. Well, of course you did, because you would never dare say questionable words on a podcast. You saved those Ooh. for sermons. Oh. Wait. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to Avengers Age of Ultron, where they ridicule Cap on movie four. That was funny. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's let's so let's do Nick's topic here. Okay. Um, all right. So Nick, uh, back in two thousand three, you read an article. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that we're going to cut from next week's show and talk about now. It's about John Wesley, right? This is contemporaneous. You really with, have been when John Wesley was was ministering. You really have been tarjacking. <laughs> Are y'all done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, I, I'll put the article in the. Um, the show notes, heidelblog.net, um, is John Piper reformed or holding the coalition together? All right, so they're at, right off the bat, they're asking, is John Piper reformed? Yes. That's their question. Yeah. Um, and, you know... And these again, are reformed it, people. Yes, and if and if, you, if you aren't new to 
uh, if you are new to the show, I, I am the, the member of the Gospel Friends who does not self-identify as Calvinist and or Reformed um, with intention um, and, and not to, to stir up controversy there. But um, they're just parts of that school the Bible of, that of theology. embraced yet. Uh, there are parts of the Bible that I feel like you're ignoring with your um, very blatant um, statements, very all-encompassing statements. So that is that is why I do not self-identify. But um, I have always seen people in the Reformed slash Calvinist camp tend to um, almost embrace Piper as a mouthpiece or an example of the, the Calvinist or Reformed um, school of thought. And, you know, um, I can't remember how long ago it was now. He posted it well before people started kind of latching on to and, and, and subsequently attacking him over. But Piper posted a piece of um, when talking about gun rights and self-defense and um, what would he do if someone basically broke into his home in terms of self-defense. And he basically came down on the side of he, he would not um, shoot to kill in order to defend because he did not want to murder. And he got raked over the coals um, by not just reformed parishioners in a, in the the internet sense, but in in term in um, as from um, reformed speakers. I, I believe James White and Vadi Bakan. I saw a picture of them holding assault rifles, and and other reformed folks were holding this up as a contrast of Piper and, and why gun rights and, and the Second Amendment things are, were okay for Christians. And then did Bakan do that really? I, I don't know if if James White and Vadi Bakum did it to um, push back on Piper, or if they just posed for the picture and then people began to use it as an example. Hmm. Um, but I do believe James White um, directly addressed Piper's um, uh, stance. And then a couple of weeks later, um, I'm, I'm on kind of scroll through Facebook and I see this where um, this reformed side is, is basically just pushing back on all the reasons Piper is not reformed. And, and it just, it struck me, not either one of the particular issues in and of themselves, um, but just, you know, a lot of the communities online I'm a part of are more reformed in nature. Oh, that's Vadi Bakum and J.D. Uh, what's that guy's J. name? J.D. Hall. J.D. Hall. Holding assault rifles for a picture. Bakum oh, hangs out with J.D. Hall? Tough. Um... Well, at least they did on that day with their guns. Um, I'm trying to find the one of James. I'm going to filter myself, which is what you say. I'm going to have to filter myself. All right, um, heavily. You do your thing, Um, filtering. But it it just it just occurred to me that there's so much division I see, even within a particular um, theology perspective, where you know I think of the idea of eating your young, but just People are drawing these lines, and rather than going, hey, man, I come at this from this perspective, or I come at it from this perspective, it's if you don't hold to this this set of creeds and confessions and da-da-da-da-da, you can't play in our treehouse. And and I just, what do you guys think about that? Do you see that online, and and what do you first think about it when you see it? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question, Nick. You, you're the one that found this, this article, sent it to us. Um, it is from 2013, but I think it's a fresh... It is a fresh issue. Um, I read through this post. Is John Piper reformed or holding the uh, the the coalition together? Um, this is this is written by. I'm going to give credit where credits due. R. Scott Clark. I have no idea who that is. Um, I'm obviously not reformed enough. 
but this this is what he said. Um, let me just give you a couple of sentences out of here. David, I want to see if you can pay attention to this. Um, he says, uh, um, Kevin DeYoung raises the question, and Kevin DeYoung is a young Presbyterian pastor that I, I think highly of. I like Kevin DeYoung. He says, Kevin DeYoung raises the question whether John Piper is reformed and answers in the fir- affirmative. In other words, he is reformed. As folks often do, he begins with Piper's self-identification as Reformed and his affirmation of the sovereignty of God. If self-identity is sufficient, then why did the Synod of Dort bother to meet and to eject the remonstrance from their pulpits? That's the question he asks. And look, I'm a seminarian, I teach church history, I know what's being talked about there. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the, the Synod of Dort and their, uh, the ejection of uh, the Arminius and the Remonstrance and, and all of that. But man, I read stuff like this from Reformed people, and I think these guys are so up in themselves and their, and their tight doctrinal distinctives that they are... They are, I don't know. This makes me, this, this, in fact, this article made me so frustrated. I, as soon as I got through reading it, I said to myself, I will never call myself reformed again because this is so ag- aggravating. That's strong wording, Jay. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to keep up with that. Uh, I think it was an emotional response. Um, but see, here's the thing some reformed it, groups that I, I frequent on Facebook would, would throw you out laughing at you. If you tried to call yourself reformed for some some tenets I know you hold, versus as well as some things that you don't embrace. Well, one one of the big reformed groups on Facebook has told me repeatedly, repeated times that I'm not reformed because I'm not a cessationist, mm-hmm. and uh, the majority of the confessions are cessationist. Well, I, I, I get I get that uh, to a degree, but in, until you start reading like Samuel Rutherford and some people like that who wrote the confessions, who themselves do not fit a 2015 tight definition of cessationism. Um, You you use the phrase, Nick, eating eating their young. It's it's really frustrating. I I hear all the time how arrogant Alabama fans are. Uh, there's there, certainly there's some guilt there, and how arrogant reform people are. It's all over at David. He nods. Uh, there's some guilt there. Let me let me read you one more paragraph from this. This is just in the first. This is just in the first two paragraphs of this of this silly post. He says this proposed a fellow who hears directly beyond scripture from God, who says that baptizing infants is not only wrong but necessarily leads to the federal vision error whose covenant theology, as distinct from his doctrine of justification, is at significant variance with that of the Reformed churches. If this were the 16th century, one might think that I'm describing Caspar Schwankfeld, not a leading Reformed theologian. Who knows what's going on there? Okay, so Caspar Schwankfeld was an Anabaptist predecessor uh, who who lived in the, the... well, he, he mainly was in the, the 1500s, 16th century, um, fell out with Martin Luther. But man, only the tightest of the tight church historians can even follow this discussion. And it's all about whether so-and-so is reformed, whether they're not reformed. It's obnoxious beyond belief to me. It, it's a... 
I am. I forgot who we had a discussion with this in the hall. I think they're not in the hall anymore. Hollow Dogma, but they they were at one time. We talked. We got a discussion about labels. Now, I've said before. I think labels can can be helpful in some ways mm-hmm. because it it sometimes labels can help to Christians kind of get an idea pretty quickly of okay, here's where I'm coming from. We're having this discussion. Let me let you know up front. I'm more reformed, or you know, I'm more. Uh, of an Armenian or, you know, I'm, you know, whatever label we're going to use here. And, and so we, you know, th- we got kind of can help us size each other up pretty quick. So I think they can be helpful uh, just to, you know, cause when you say those things, you, you at least have some idea. Okay. I, I get where they're coming from. You know, th- this person kind of grew up Pentecostal or this person, um, and I, you know, grew up Presbyterian or whatever, and so we okay, I kind of get an idea of where they're coming from as we're having this discussion. I think they can be helpful. Um, but you know, like you, Chase, I, I've used the reform term uh, more loosely. Uh, I, I am, I will tell people, I am more Calvinistic in when it comes to salvation theology and, and my belief about how that process works. But you know, I probably spent a whole lot of time trying to say I, I'm reformed because there's so many. Um, I used to say that quite a bit, but then you discover there's so many different forms of that. So for some people, and we have them in the Hall of Dogma, we have them listen to this show, and we appreciate those guys. But you know, for some people, reform means embracing infant baptism, and for other people, being reformed simply means more of you know you're a Calvinist in, in your approach to how um, soteriology, yeah, how so, people get saved, yeah, how people get saved. And so, uh, thank you, Captain Crunchy, for the big theological words. But you know. People, you know, they mean different things to different people, and so you know, I, I, I tend to not uh, use that label as much anymore. But bottom line is, here's where the labels aren't helpful. Like I read this article, and I don't know this guy at all. But my first thought is, man, do you love Jesus as much as you love being reformed? Yes. And and that's uh, you, you know, I say up front, I don't know him, I don't know his salvation. I'm just telling you, like that's my take when I read the article. Do you? I mean, do you spend as much time talking about Jesus and your relationship with Him and your love for the Father? Because whatever your theology is and your your set of beliefs, ultimately, that's supposed to be the pathway um, that, that that's leading you to the Father and your communion with Him and relationship with Him. And I enjoy talking about theology, and I enjoy. You know, Nick and I having our discussions about, you know, we're, we were bantering a minute ago, but but we will have mm-hmm. pretty deep discussions about, well, okay, David, what do you do with this verse? Yeah. Or, well, here, Nick, is why I believe this. And, and they're, they're good and, and I think profitable discussions between two guys who know, hey, both of us love Jesus. Well, and I thank God that I have come to have a greater appreciation or respect for God's sovereignty than I once had, but... You know, I grew up in a tradition that focused so much on man's responsibility in response to bad theology about the um, idea of once saved, always saved. It, it was not a perseverance of the saints. It was a truly once saved, all, always saved, which led to people not attempting to live like Jesus. And so there was a swing there that made total sense. But once you once you stepped back and you looked at the whole countenance of the word— you realize it wasn't an issue of us. It was an issue of God. And, and, you know, the way those things point you back to Jesus are amazing. But we, I don't know, it feels like we miss, sometimes we miss Jesus for the argument. It, it, 
you know, it, it does. It, it feels like, you know, it's all of these things again. And I understand why somebody would say, I don't even care about labels. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't care about – I think it gives theology a bad name. Like I think it gives the study of God and understanding of doctrine. I think it gives those words in some people's minds just a really bad name and a, and a bad connotation because when they think of doctrine or theology, they think of these types of things and discussions that, that are happening on these blogs. And quite honestly, they're just – they're not encouraging. They're, they, they, they don't glorify Christ. They're not uplifting and bringing uh, – you know, uh, praise to the Father, and it, it you know, it, it just seems like people debating an issue like people in corporate America debate the the latest financial statistics or where we need to go with a, you know, in in the market or something like that. It just seems like it's just kind of the religious form of that, and you know, it it turns turns me off and turns my stomach, and I, I can see why it would do that to an, a non believer or someone who. Um, you know, is more immature, or I don't know if you immature in the faith. Maybe they're new believers, or someone who just you know really hasn't studied those things. Um, and quite honestly, that's why I have problems with these discernment bloggers and these guys who just they spend their time. It seems like just trying to go out and and bring down these certain pastors that they don't even live in their city or go to their churches. But it's like that's my ministry, really. When do you talk about? Loving Jesus, and when do you point people to Him? And when do you do the Great Commission, which is which is baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that Jesus taught? Yeah, I mean it's you know all these things, and this is you know um, you got these guys out here who are you know we had kind of a blow up recently with the whole some of the guys over in pulpit and pen, and you know they're they're always on Lifeway pretty good and. You know, the, the this stuff will pop up in my feed, and you know, I, I probably choose my words carefully because I've I've heard these guys before say, oh, "You need to bring this to us before you bring it anywhere else." I'm I'm just telling you, I see things they're saying because it pops up in my Twitter feed or in my Facebook feed and things like that. And I, I, I just don't, for me personally, protest Christianity. I've said this before, whether it's people saying don't go to Starbucks because, <laughs> you know they promote gay rights or if it's somebody saying uh hey don't go to lifeway because they sell bad bad books i'm like is that really your ministry is that really what you're going to spend your time doing and you may you may come back and say well we're supposed to protect the 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 sheep from wolves well you know what pastor your church if somebody in your church is buying love wins by rob bell from lifeway then go in love and grace and deal with that person but you know i your calling is to take down Lifeway because they sell bad books. Yeah, I, I don't see it in the Bible. That's 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 just my reaction. I'm not saying I'm completely right. Hear me say that. I don't know that I'm completely right. This is my opinion, and you know, I paid for this podcast so I can I can have I can <laughs> nice. have this opinion. But you know, nice. I just this kind of argument. And, and these things that people do, I just think, man, you really love your theology. You really love your viewpoints far more than you love Jesus. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that's my thought. Yeah, and I, I think those people, again, what you're saying, you know, I, I don't want to disparage anyone. I, I, I do want to encourage because I'm concerned. And, and so that's the thing. I, I I don't personally think that most of these folks that, kind of give me heartburn, don't love Jesus, aren't um, saved. But 
but I do just get concerned of where their time and their energy and their attention goes. So. Well, oh, that's the thing. So, so our <laughs> Scott Clark, going back to the article we're kind of vaguely discussing on the Heidel blog, he, um, he, he tries to make it very clear, David, that, that you and I in particular, we're not Reformed, we're particular Baptists. And, and John Piper would be particular Baptist. So particular Baptist is simply uh, somebody in a denomination that be- or, or a church that believes in believer's baptism, but also holds to the doctrine of election and redemption uh, of some, but not all people. So well, in other words, we have... But why does it matter? Well, see, that's the thing. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, this, is, this is what he wrote. And can I, I, I be wanna... a particular Baptist if I don't self-identify as a particular? So I, somebody else can identify me that way. I guess. Well, according to <laughs> but Scott don't Clark, identify yourself you are, as reformed, uh, and that's 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 what I'm I'm driving at. Because the Reformed Club people will be upset about that. And, and here's the thing: I don't want to pound on Scott Clark. I don't know him. He might be oh, a look, great I, I godly I, man, I, but I no, I didn't. I take exception to these sorts of thoughts and sentences. He says the Reformed took a sort of temporary vacation from their confessional identity for a few decades, and they've come home to find a bunch of broadly evangelical Baptistic squatters in their house. Yes, they've neglected the house, but it's still their house. No, it's not. It's the Jesus house. Yeah. And this is we're not in a Baptist house. We're we're certainly not a particular Baptist house. It's a Jesus house. This is Jesus's church. Okay? And you want to you want to paint labels and finely define it. Uh it reminds me of that old uh what is it? Elmo Elmo Phillips, the, the the joke about denominations. I mean, it's just ridiculous, and, and and I fear, I fear it looks ridiculous to a world that knows nothing of the Belgic confessions, that knows nothing of the uh, particular Baptists, etc. And by the way, I'm not anti-confessional uh, at all. I think there's a place for the confessions, but you can't be sola scriptura. You can't be scripture alone and appeal to confessions and synods as being as authoritative as scripture. And I see Reformed people do that so often. Hmm. And of course, they would vehemently disagree with that assessment. But uh, but to the Reformed people that listen to our show, Chase, you are saying, hey, we love you guys, right? I, dude, I, I, I self-identify as Reformed. Of course, I'm not allowed to. Well, you're not. Uh, I'm a particular Baptist who, who wants to be Reformed, but I guess I'm not in the club. But I, I love Reformed theology. Um, I love Anabaptist theology as well. So I love Jesus more than any of those things. Let me, let me say one more thing, but and, and I guess we can move to the disciplines discussion just for sake of time. But um, and and, I need and to correction, but God. Okay, uh, I was just—I don't want to—I don't want to cross a line here in in kind of becoming what we're fussing about, which is you know I, I don't want to attack fellow believers, um, at least not in a <laughs> in a mean spirited way. But uh, we we've had this gun discussion on the show. Good job, Chase. We've we've had Sound this we, we've had this gun discussion on the show, and. Um, we ha- we have a couple of varying opinions about that, and 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 you know, some of us kind of agree with Piper uh, wholeheartedly, and some find a bit of a disagreement with him or whatever. But and, and I'm one who happens to disagree somewhat with him. Uh, I I don't have I don't find full agreement with his take on the use of weapons for self defense and. I think there's a difference between that and being persecuted for your faith. 
having said all of that, uh, I have a gun, I have a permit, I carry it, but let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go on Twitter and take a picture of my gun and post it out for everybody to see. And, and, and there may be people even who listen to our show who disagree with what I'm about to say. But I think this falls under, I, I think this falls, could possibly fall under the line of Christian freedom. And if there is a brother in Christ who is really convicted that we shouldn't have or carry guns, I think the Bible would call me to not flaunt in his face the fact that I do carry one for the sake of not causing him to stumble. Now, I'm, like I said, people may disagree with what I'm saying there, but I think it's being provocative in a absolutely useless way. And, and maybe a little bit of swagger? To, I also have a gun, more than one. To just take your picture with guns as response to someone like, I mean, even, dis- face, Piper. even disagreeing with Piper, even disagreeing with Piper, which I do. Uh, it, I don't as much. In a nuanced way it, to, to what he wrote, I have agreements with some parts and disagreements with others. But overall, I kind of disagree with his idea that, that Christians shouldn't carry guns for self-defense, which I think is, is his ultimate conclusion. Uh, you you don't disagree as much with him on that. On I that don't. Area. And look, I've shot more people than Emmanuel. <laughs> bottom line, yeah. But, let's and brag we, about we've that. had a lot of fun about this, and and you know, Chase can carry a gun; he just can't use it. But and I can use mine and things like that. And we've been joking back and forth. But you know what? Here's the thing: Piper made his argument with Scripture. Yes, he did. He made his argument with Scripture, and even though I disagree with some of the way he parsed that out, he still based his views on Scripture, and for the response to be to that, hey, non-reform guy, which I know I'm mixing some articles here. That that thing's from 2013, so it's not really the same thing. But, hey, Piper, in your face, look at our weapons. That's that's a childish mentality. I doubt you're talking about the Vadi Bakum J.D. Hall picture, but I will point out that that picture is from 2014. And I'm not crazy about the picture, but it's not in response to John Piper's recent statement. That was going to be my correction. I realized that James White wrote a response to Piper directly. Yes. And and I do not believe he was trying to flaunt. I I had seen the picture of Vadi Bakum. put out in this same discussion, kind of the ping pong back and forth between the pro anti Piper's side. And so I, I did want to correct that it was not James White in the picture. I apologize. Uh, well, there is a picture with, with James White and a gun, but you're saying that's not, uh, but he's not with Vadi Bakum. Oh, no, 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 no. They're two different pictures. Okay. Well, let me, let me course correct then because I, I do. Part of my response is I, I thought that was in response to Piper's deal. Uh, so, course correct there my apologies that uh if if those and that's if that's some the of the pictures that the i internet is, if some is, of the pictures that i have seen were not that's the thing there are people who are taking these pictures and it, posting them as being them war with as being in response to uh what what piper has done right. so some of that stuff gets really muddied um now here's something interesting really quick speaking of john's james white and john piper go ahead david well i was just going to say I will I will still maintain my original statement, which is in in really controversial issues like that, um, I'm not going to flaunt. I'm not going to mm-hmm. flaunt that controversy. I I absolutely believe it's okay for a Christian to drink a beer. I, I've 
said that on the podcast before. Uh, well, never mind. You're not going to see me post a picture on the internet of me flaunting that freedom of drinking a beer. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not going to do that. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm pretty careful to try to not drink one. Um, really watch what company I drink one in, <laughs> because I don't want to make a brother who thinks that is a problem stumble. Even if I vehemently disagree with them, I just I think there is a humility that the Bible calls us to that is not present in in the 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 flaunting of Christian freedom on certain you know in certain ways. So having said all that, I, you know I do understand, and we're getting you know I'm getting a little fired up in in, in some of these <laughs> things, and we're 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 crossing some oh, fired up. We're crossing some some probably some stories up but uh you know i i i don't know what someone's heart is behind posting photos um and photos with them with guns and things like that but man i'll tell you what it looks like i'll tell you what i'll tell you what it it comes off as Mm -hmm. and i don't know that the christian response to that is a good biblical response to that is well it doesn't matter what it looks like Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. possible that it does matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, I, and possible. again, I don't think any of us here are pacifists. All of us here are gun owners, uh, and all of us here agree or disagree with Piper's tw- take to to one degree or another. We all have, I guess, really three different opinions on it. But I will say this is an older discussion that I realized. Um, July one two thousand eight, James White on his blog at aomen.org. Uh, quotes Piper. Now, this is 2008, so, you know, quite a long time ago, uh, seven and a half years ago. Piper said this. uh, He said, um, there are other reasons why I've never owned a firearm and do not have one in my house, but that reason moves me deeply. Uh, He's talking about uh, the martyred missionaries, uh, Jim Elliott and crew. Uh, He says, I hope you don't use your economic stimulus check to buy a gun. Better to find some missionaries like this and support them. And James White, uh, his his article title is "I Beg to Differ, Brother Piper." And to White's credit, it is a it is a well written article that is not um, ne- unnecessarily bombastic, uh, and he uses scripture. But just not to get into this discussion too deeply, but I find the scriptures James White uses to justify his argument fascinating. He uses Matthew twelve twenty nine and Mark three twenty seven and Luke eleven twenty one, which uh, Matthew twelve twenty nine is, how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? Uh, and then he uses Mark three twenty seven. but no one entering the strong man's house can plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man. And then Luke eleven twenty one. when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. These are all passages about demonic possession. This has nothing to do with self-defense. Mm-hmm. And then he quotes the Luke 22 where Jesus tells his disciples to uh, sell their coat and buy one, which is an interesting expression by Jesus. I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure that that though is, is justification for owning a firearm. Um, although that is a that is a puzzling passage by Jesus. but the first three have nothing to do with self-defense, at, at least my view. Yeah, like I said, we, we, you know, yeah, and, and we we have again varying opinions on that. Um, 
uh, varying opinions on. Well, let's have a shootout. Gun and see issue, who's right. Well, since you probably don't have yours with us, I'm not sure that would win. You, you, that, would work, that would work out. Um, but, you know, bottom line is, I guess, you know, look, I, I I do. And, you know, somebody could rightly probably come at me and say, eh, you know, you want to you come across somebody for holding a gun. I think you, you know, I think you have, you know, humor on your podcast that pushes the envelope. <laughs> and that that's probably a... You know, that's something that we've wrestled with. I mean, I, uh, you know, we, we often wrestle with stories that we're doing or things that we're talking about and go, okay, is this, is this too far over the line? Is this a, you know, where are we at? And and look, we've made mistakes and we, it. Well, there's shows, I remember times you guys have come on Monday morning and said, hey, um, or I'll need to edit that. Yeah. You know, so like, because you left here and you go, ah, I'm, I'm pretty convicted about that. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we're all human and we, we, we make errors, but, um, uh, you know, so I don't know people's hearts and I don't know that, I don't know that when people, you know, ministers or whoever, and people that are getting out there and kind of flaunting their guns or taking their pictures with them and things like that, they may, that may not have anything to do with, um, you know, wanting to get back at a Christian who is saying you shouldn't have guns. I just know those photos are being used in that way, mm-hmm. and that they're showing up on the internet in that way. And 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 I think between that argument where people are failing to be able to just discuss something like guns, and it's getting into, um, it, it's crossing over the line that we're, we're really called to love each other. And, and, and I think the same thing with saying, Hey, this guy's not truly reformed. Mm-hmm. We need to throw him out of our quote unquote <laughs> camp. Yeah. It's kinda... He needs to go to a different camp and it's just, it's very segmented and I, well, I don't, it's prideful I, and not the you unity. Can be truthful. You can espouse truth and not be prideful. And I, I think sometimes when we're arguing for our denomination or our particular view of of gun ownership or not gun ownership, self-defense or whatever, pride diminishes our ability to speak the truth. And it certainly diminishes other people's ability to hear it and, and believe it. Pride always waters down your art, argument. It doesn't bolster it. It weakens it. Amen. Agreed. I've had that problem many times. And I have too. As you'll hear next week on episode 86 <laughs> of The Gospel When you Friends. talk about that? Good throw f- forward. Hey, let's talk about that uh, Donald Whitney thing real quick before do we uh, get out of here. I think real quick is the instructive word. Uh, this past week on the Ask Pastor John podcast, Donald Whitney, who has wrote, written uh, your favorite book, as you said this morning uh, during the message. Favorite book on uh, spiritual, on spiritual disciplines. disciplines. Yeah, and, and one of mine as well. Uh, I am uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Donald Whitney. And our college group read through his book. I'm actually stalling so I can. I guess it's just called Spiritual Disciplines, right? Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian, for the Christian Life, life is it. the Donald yes. Whitney book. Yeah, I read through that book in college and referred back to it several times. Um, he was asked this week on the Pastor John show, what is the most important spiritual discipline? His response was, the two most important are Bible intake, number one, prayer, number two. And here was his rationale. 
the rationale is the reason why he put prayer number two is because he said it is more important for us to hear God's word than him to hear from us. But he wasn't diminishing prayer. He essentially said all the other spiritual disciplines flow from Bible intake and prayer. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Prayer, uh, prayer, the second most important spiritual discipline, Bible intake, the number one. I thought his argument was mm. simple, concise, and actually fairly persuasive. I, I think I actually love the, the fullness of what he says. I think if you just say you should read more than you read the Bible more than you pray. I know for me, and this is this is confession as much as it is um, feedback, but it's good for the soul. That's what confession. I hear. <clears throat> but you could I, use some help. Thanks, buddy. Um, you know, I find Rub-a-touch. I guess I would I would flesh out the idea of reading the Bible a little bit more into studying the Word. Um, because, you know, I have been guilty of um, engaging in the, the annual Bible reading plans, read the Bible through a year, and you get, you know, you go through a long weekend where you didn't read, and then Monday it works heavy, and you get to Tuesday, and you get through those four days as quick as you can without... You die in the wilderness with the rest of the Israelites. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But you you do, you, you rush to get through it rather than... I think what he's talking about yeah. is engaging with the Word his, to hear the Lord. His definition ask. of Bible intake is is kind of broad. Uh, well, I guess the I, best I recall, it's 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 kind of a it's basically whatever you're doing to. It certainly is reading, but I I think he would put study in in under that. I think I think pretty much for him, if you are opening up the Bible and intaking it mm-hmm. <laughs> then that that's kind of what he's covering covering in in, in and, and that's where i'm and that's where my my response is if i hear bible intake i'm like oh awesome i'm doing one of them reading plans this is cool i'm, I'm and you here. always sound like that when you do it. i'm here from god. i'm uh, hearing I'm from god every day but I, I just know for me that going through one of those reading plans it's great to keep me thinking godward day in and day out but I don't I don't grow just from reading. And I and I just I would encourage folks to to not just get one of these Bible reading plans and think you're doing what this guy's encouraging. That would be my response, I guess. Yeah, he actually he addressed an issue you're kind of talking about. I think it was the next day on the show. He 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 said I hear from people all the time. They say I read such and such in the Bible and I forget it as soon as I'm done. And he said, "Here's the thing. And I think this is exceptionally good advice. He says, if you absolutely positively only have, say, 10 minutes a day to read the Bible, you're too busy or whatever, you only have 10 minutes a day to read the Bible, he suggests spending five minutes reading the Bible and five minutes meditating on what you've read. Read it, read it again, I like, I like write that. it down, say it to yourself, sing it, pray it, whatever it takes. And you know what? I think that is exceptionally I good agree. advice. That... It, Reading the Bible in volume is is excellent. The the word going deep into our heart may be even better. Yeah, so I think two two reactions that I had when you read that. Um, first of all, I mean, I find some agreement. If you really kind of what's the most important, um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about itself, about God's word. God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, and I think the problem. I think prayer is, I mean, it's mandated. Prayer is 
critically important, but you can pray and be way off the rails. I mean, I think <laughs> the word helps you understand that is a very good you know how to you're on the right path when you're praying. So, I mean, a person could be praying what, you know, 8 hours a day, but they're praying pretty selfish and mature God grant me this thing prayers and you know, you need the word to do some course correction there. So, I think I think that you know, I could understand his argument, but as far as saying is Bible intake always the most important? I think for a mature Christian or or maybe let me put it, where where you are in your walk with Jesus, that could possibly change. I think you could I think you could find yourself as a Christian in a season of life where, you know, God is really pointing you to the word because you need to grow in knowledge and you need to grow in maturity. And so that is that for you is the most important discipline. But then you may enter into a season where God is leading you more to prayer than to study, more to prayer than to taking in the Bible. And not saying that you're not supposed to do that, but that's just God is saying, hey, in this season, you need to be in prayer. So I think I would have a hard time agreeing with any one discipline is always the most important. I think that would be based on maybe the person and the season that God has them in and what he's calling them to. But I think, you know, know, that's also, when you talk about someone feeling feeling led, you're you're beginning to talk about a, a more mature believer, and and I and I do think um, for for the new believer um, who may feel overwhelmed, um, I, you know, I think having an area where an area of focus is not a, a bad thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, absolutely. I can understand that. I, I'm, I'm not disagree. I mean, he got asked the question by Tony Reinke on that podcast, which was hey, that was Reinke. Uh, you know. It, when I pronounce your name, it is whatever I say it is. Uh, Going back to the pride discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have spent my life being McConnell, McDonald. I get called McDonald all the time. It's like people see MC and they just, in their mind, they go ahead and just do the rest of it. I'm wow. like, where do you get McDonald I from? get called Chris a There's lot. no D's in there. I mean, no, no D's in the spelling of my last name. But anyway. No R's in my name. Chase, what is the most important spiritual discipline in your opinion as you lead us out of here? I think Whitney nailed it. I think it is by (laughs) intake. I think every other discipline flows from that. (laughs) Prayer is is a must, is an absolute necessity, Um, but it it, it flows from the Word. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that, Chase. Whitney won me over. I don't know that I would have said that uh, earlier. I only say that because you're... You know, you have a really like your heart is to get people to pray. At least it has been over the last couple of years. Maybe that's specific pastorally here, at, but or the HOD church. That's the second time in two episodes we've made that mistake. That is bad. Oh, Look, there's no denigrating the the importance of prayer you know, and intimacy with mark God. That out. <laughs> uh, there's no uh, there there. It's it's not second place. It's one A one B. How about that? Okay. Well, and you know, so many people like to talk about what's wrong, rather than make your request known to the Lord and following the Word and, and that command. And so, I do get where, especially in a Twitter, Facebook, blog, 
just here's what's wrong with me. You know, I've got a, a movie or a song to explain my problem. And you never just, especially believers even, taking that to the person who can actually help you through it. I can definitely understand where one would, someone would say, you need to pray and, and have believers pray with you. And so, I, you know, I do think prayer is neglected for some of the, the things that it sh- the, the Word would call us to use it for. Anyway, Good um, so there's have have that have a taste of that gene for us not pastoring anyone. Um, if you would like to ridicule us, I as, was just playing with you, Gene. Don't don't be mad. Here's hoping. Um, if you would like to ridicule us, uh, like Gene, you can do so. On I the thought Twitter. you were just kidding, Gene. So I was kidding with you back. At my gospel friends. On now, the if you Twitter. were serious, this is a different subject altogether. Ooh, Ooh. them's fighting words. Uh, we'll see in a couple episodes. Um, Holodog. <laughs> All of time. Gene was one of our first. <laughs> oh man, Narcos. Narcos. <laughs> I'm gonna miss a longer Gene. Narcos. That tuberculosis. Quit making me laugh. Is, is bad news. <laughs> I was doing so well until you made Just me call laugh. Doc Holiday Jenkins. No, I was gonna say that's a, okay. Job. So we've got Narco Nick, Doc Holiday Jenkins, and Nuclear Nick. Nuclear Nick. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of oh. nicknames for one one tuberculosis sufferer. You know, Gene was one of our first listeners. He was. He goes way back. You think he has tuberculosis? You guys shouldn't anger him. Uh, well, I agree with that. If he tells you that you're getting dry, you need to figure out a way to moisturize up. Chase tried that in the next episode, and we ridiculed him for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you made fun of me for using lotion. Well, because you brought in oil of Olay. It says Jergens. Ultra Jergens. It doesn't even have a picture Tune of Tune in to on. episode 86 for... Uh, yeah. Repairs for visibly um, healthy. In the meantime, skin. join us in the Hall of Dogma, halldogma.com. If you like John Lorbacher or John, I like John Laura Lorbacher. Baker Barker, um, would like to leave us a voicemail, 205-575-9735 or SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and we'd love <laughs> to hear tasty? from you. Do you consider lotion <laughs> feminine? <laughs> Oh, my. That'll be for episode Please write in and, and tell us. I am more scared of this than I've been in a while. Please tune in next week when you may hear David say. Hey, don't forget, this episode was brought to you by Chase's big bottle of hand sanitizer. Not only does it clean your hands, but it's also good cologne. Drives his wife crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. And you would know. <laughs>
Alas. Two. One. Ah! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Three. <laughs> I had a Tourette's episode. <laughs> Three. <laughs> His fault. Okay? All right, we better start. <clears throat> All right, three. Mm.